I, Pegan, I have a guest this week. I'm so excited because this is actually the first guest on the show. And we have veteran, amazeball star, milk, (laughs) queen of the BBWs. And if you like Pegan, she's taken plenty of a dick. (laughs) (laughs) That I have, that I have. And without further ado, introduce yourself, beautiful. I am Carrie, a.k.a. Platinum Pussy Anthony. Been around about forever. 16 years. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's my. You did all the intro for me. There's nothing else for me to she say. She is the queen of BBW. <laughs> you said that already. She is a staple of this industry. If it's anything fat, I if anything there. fluffy, it had to do it. She was there. Or I, I started the trend. She started the trend. The fad that you now know as fast fatress. That, that part. That part. Fat stress. This is so true. Wow. I mean I'm not solely responsible, but there's a lot of uh amazing... No, but you were the pebble that was thrown into the pond that cascaded all the waves that Absolutely. Shook up I definitely the water. um took an approach I have no ball I mean I have big balls I risk takers sacrifice a lot and uh made some effective history some amazing history for the big girls yes and you know you want the pegging point podcast you know we talk about pegging here just 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 over your career history comparing human dicks fake dicks how many would you say like would you say you have more fake dicks and pegging and and dildos or would you say you've had more real dicks i think that is a super unfair question it's like (laughs) it's like asking someone how many people have they slept with and they're my age i'm 46 so that's a whole i started fucking at 16 so that's 30 years of fucking so that's a lot of dick in my lifetime a lot both fake and real but this is what makes it interesting well, we're not counting. <laughs> I don't have a ticker. That's okay. All right. <laughs> would you say would you say the amount of real dicks surpassed the amount of fake dicks? I'll do you one even better. Okay. Instead of counting, let's talk about experiences. All right, let's do that. So I feel like that's much more relevant because even though I've had less pegging experiences, I feel like I've had better pegging experiences because it's a different experience. When a dick is attached to a female, it is vastly different than when it's attached to a male. (laughs) Now, that's not to say that I don't enjoy (laughs) sex with a man and his uh, attached natural penis, Mm -hmm. but it is different. And because I am a sapiosexual, Mm -hmm. I crave that intimate connection that men tend to lack when they're having sex with heterosexual sex with women conventional sex conventional sex yes so i get something different from the strap-on pegging sex with a female i mean i've never had a guy do it with a strap-on so i mean i've never had a need to i am loving your response because that's why i do pegging is because i get something from it different than i get when i'm hooking up with you know some big strapping hung Right. You know, motherfuckers are going to knock my uterus out my box 
is I guess I'm different with pegging. So I, I love the fact that you're on the other side of it and you are also, that's one of the things that you, you know, can pinpoint. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love doing, like, I love being the giver. It's just for me, um, I, I don't mind putting in the work. It's just an intimate thing. I guess I, if I had a dick, I would be kind of choosy. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not the wrong. But I'm, choo- I'm choosy on both sides. Like it, when I'm receiving, it takes because I feel like being pegged is more submissive than getting like being the pegger. Mm-hmm. Um, to be on that end is even more picky. Like a more more um, selective that. because that. because I'm dominant. I received that. So to be on the submissive end, like you've pegged me, mm-hmm. and that was I, a I choice have. I made because I trust you, mm-hmm. and I know that you know I don't mind being in that position temporarily mm-hmm. with somebody I trust because I know that they're not going to over dominate me and right. try to and cross boundaries and cross boundaries where I'm okay playing a submissive role or being in a submissive role temporarily with somebody I trust as long as. It's something that we're doing in a more intimate fashion rather than, um, you know, I'm not trying to be dominated. Right. Where some some women or men that are on the receiving end of a strap-on or dildo or dick or whatever getting pegged, they want to be humiliated or they want to be The uh, other dominated. components that are right. added into it. For me, it's more sexual than right. it is kinky. Gotcha. Or fetish. Yeah, or not. BDSM oriented. Right, right. For it, me, I'm not looking at it as I'm being topped or bottom. Topped or bottom. You're just getting some good dick from a different right. type of energy. Right, right. Okay, all right. So, how long have you? When was the start of your career? What um, what year? What year? I started in 2005. My first drop on experience was 2007. Okay. And it was awful. It was. Very- <laughs> It was it was one of those like girl 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 scenes and you know content type thing and we mm-hmm. all get together and I wasn't really like attracted to anyone it was just a scene and so for me it was and nobody was really experienced with the strap on it was just like a, a prop mm-hmm. and so it wasn't a bad situation but it yeah I I can't say that I walked away with satisfaction or (laughs) that I even really understood what was going on like for me it was just the dick that made it so that we weren't you had a dick in the scene right we had a dick in the scene it was a prop okay so have you mostly had pegging a positive pegging experiences or negative yeah I think I've had um mostly I don't think I've really had any bad pegging experiences because again I'm selective so for us to get to that stage of I've agreed to do it, mm-hmm. whether it's on the giver or the receiver position, position, if we've gone there, then it's something I've considered greatly and took into, cons- you know, like thought about all of the things that are going to be involved. So I haven't really had any bad situations just so 2007, we're at 2021. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> some, that makes when you, you feel start old. doing the math, you're like, damn, the time flew. Where did the time it go? flew, yeah. All like, them dicks. I spent all that time on them dicks. <laughs> I also spent a long time doing, like, um, I don't want to say, like, when you first get into porn, at least the era that I joined, mm-hmm. you did things because you thought that's what was popular. Don't mind the car in the background that's trying to show his, yes. uh, or, or overcompensate. This is what happens when you live in a city. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's a weekend dick. and it's warm. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but I think as I've gotten older and I've gotten more experience in the industry, I realize I, I see things from a different perspective and I understand more about the strap-on experience and the pegging experience. And therefore, it has more meaning mm-hmm. rather than being just something that we did in a scene because it would look hot on camera, mm-hmm. which is what usually happens when you first start out is you just do things because you think it's popular. Or you think that's what the fans want to see or you think it's, you know, it's cool. But, you know, when you start to learn about your your own kinks, your own fetishes, and you learn about your, your industry more, which, you know, if you're going to do fetish style content, then you need to know about the actual fetish itself. I feel you are able to provide a better experience and receive. Wow. Did you hear that? (laughs) You are able to provide a better experience and receive a better experience. If you understand what it is that you're doing. I also think Ooh. you should know the part your partner better. Sex for me, because I'm, I mean, I, I think it should be with, or it probably is for most people, is like when you actually know the person, unless you're going out there to specifically just fuck any random, mm-hmm. and that's your goal, is you just want to have this like unknown, I don't even want to know your name, don't give me your phone number, fuck me, move on. Unless that's your goal, like getting to know somebody and having intimate, passionate sex doesn't have to be love making but having sex with somebody that you actually like and know is far different than just hooking up and busting a nut and moving on and that's how it is for pegging for me as well like wow who knew the waters <laughs> run so deep <laughs> i don't know <laughs> don't measure just yet so that's a long career you know we you know 2007 that's a long time And, you know, that is a very long time in the industry. And one of the things that we were discussing is how the industry has changed and, you know, the changes that have come with the launch of these new platforms and um, how the content creators now maneuver this space with these new platforms you know, um, so I want to ask you about that and, you know, really pick your brain. So 2007 and now here we are 2021. What are the major differences from a veteran's perspective as yourself that you notice? Anybody that came in prior to social media understands what it's like to book and find talent and film scenes with people on a whole different like you literally had to go out and network you you had to know somebody that knew somebody that could connect you with talent where with social media you now have direct access to everybody in your industry rather than having to go through the normal channels that we had to go through when i came out it was a big thing to be fighting to be the the cover model of a dvd yes that that was that was that was if you weren't on the cover you i mean girls would literally have tantrums because they you know a company would choose someone else to be on the cover of a a dvd because they thought they were the better model or they were the hotter model or the better name or whatever and like you know if somebody and here's the thing also back then the longevity of a career was much shorter yes the normal span for a porn career was two years at most like and that's very very like generous Mm -hmm. a year is usually 
the time that every company shot you and then the new face had came out so you were no longer the the next best thing you were last year's or yesterday's best thing so now with the uh, explosion of social media and having all of these different platforms to manage and sell your work and do your work like it definitely changes the game because you can last as long as you feel like doing this you're gonna find a brand that likes what you do or likes you for who you are or whatever it is that you're selling so in retrospect I would say the changes there's pros and there's cons of course Mm -hmm. um the pros are that you know let's start with the pros because those are the good things let's talk about the good things let's talk about the good things the good things are women Everybody, it's not even just women, but talent has the control of how much money they make, being able to find talent to shoot with, being able to produce the content that they want to shoot. Back in you know the day, you had to usually you had to have an agent mm-hmm. or you had to go through producers who decided whether they wanted to give you scenes or not, mm-hmm. and that's what guide that's what would guide your career. Right. So if nobody wanted to shoot with you, you were fucked. Right. <laughs> And if you couldn't build relationships and network, you were fucked. Right. And you had to put on a certain persona because, you know, let's face it, if you didn't meet the criteria of industry standards, which was vastly different then, mm-hmm. then you didn't get jobs. So there was a lot of um, fakeness. You had to be pretty fraudulent <laughs> to, to make it back then. And those that were real, you know, there's a few of them out there, but they struggled big time. Now it's a lot different you have independence you have freedom you can set up your platform virtually from your cell phone back then you didn't even really have cell phones you did everything (laughs) from a camera (laughs) you did it from a camera with camcorder fire wire (laughs) (laughs) yeah things were there was no such thing as hd 4k all of that was not even that was foreign foreign. 640 by 480 was your standard right (laughs) 720p you talking another language now. right what? <laughs> what? what 720 yeah that's back to the future I'm speaking back to the future but you know the, the pro is is that anybody has the ability to guide their career if you are a hustler you can come in here and almost instantly make money it's still hard work it's mm-hmm. still you know there's still a lot of the same principles that are in place but it the independence is there the, the actually the power of the industry has changed and it's gone into the hands of the, the talent the creator has the ta- the 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 power now right where before the industry held the power um so that's a pro yes the pro is that creators also have the ability to become independently wealthy yes which is something that was not as apt to happen yes previously right the company made more money before you got wealthy right so it took a long much longer time and usually you had to go through shooting for several Several, companies before you realize that you making your own content and being able to capitalize off of that for the longer period of your career was actually more profitable than shooting for these companies and and once that started happening then you know again that's also what changed the business right when the stars realized i can make more money from shooting my own scenes than going and shooting for let's say brazzers who pays me a couple grand and then they make their money back and i've been paid and they continue to make money. And they continue money. to make money. And off continue of it. to make money. And you're not making anything. Right. You just got your name out there, which has its own benefit 
and it comes with a value but at the end of the day like it's still not making you money right it doesn't put food on the motherfucking table no so that's a pro Mm -hmm. um the pro is you do uh as a creator you do learn a lot about operating a business if you take it upon yourself to treat your your business as a business Mm -hmm. then you learn about becoming a small business owner and learning things like um, filing your taxes and filing in, you know, for an LLC and getting a business bank account and business credit and things that as a, a normal person right. you typically aren't thinking about those things. And a lot of creators didn't know back then mm-hmm. that that was even possible. So I feel like now we're navigating into a space where I feel like the creators are becoming far more um educated and freedom they have and freedom freedom correct that we didn't have that we did not well we had we just didn't know we had it no we didn't have it it didn't exist yet because we did. had we had to go through those companies we did we but did. now they don't need you know they don't have to go through those companies they just no. go straight to no. the audience but we still that that still was in place because we still had our own websites we still ran our own clip sites like we still had those same things we just didn't realize but it wasn't the network of in, uh, interconnectivity correct. that right. there was then that there is now correct so absolutely that's why it wasn't possible like yes you're right all the things that they have now we had then but we that interconnected that interconnectivity where you know funneling through instagram through twitter and like all that shit wasn't there yet Right. And we also didn't have that same security of knowing that this was going to be something that could last. Yeah, we only knew WWW. <laughs> right. So now that we've gone through some of the so pros, pros. Yeah, what are the let's cons? Let's talk about some of the cons. And the cons, I will have to start with... I got a light of blunt on this one. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so while there, there are those that educate themselves about the business on the flip side of that there are also those that have entered the space and saturated the space and have not taken the time to educate themselves on proper business and some of you know a lot of people have not had proper uh job training and business etiquette and they don't understand certain things about doing business and that's what this is even though you're a content creator and you are in sole control of your business you're still running a business and so being that there's a lot of and you know i understand when you come into this you probably aren't thinking this is going to be something that'll be long term this is something to make money right now which is what we were talking about there's different types of creators creators in this space so you've got the career creators like us because we've been around forever and mm-hmm. we look at this as a business. We treat it as a business. We operate it as a business. Right. And we conduct it as a business. Right. Then you have people that come into this for clout, attention, who, you know, are running away from problems or just looking for someone to fill in voids, self-love issues, self-esteem issues, mm-hmm. and really just... Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love people. in all the wrong, wrong places and feel like, oh, well, people are paying attention to me. So I'm doing this because I love the attention. It's the same reason why a lot of people get on social media and conduct themselves the way that they do on social media because they're looking for the attention. Even if it's bad, good or bad, they're looking for that attention. Mm -hmm. Then you have creators that are here for just the right now money. And they don't care about who gets hurt or who, who they, you know, fuck over or 
how things look optics wise or what they do they just make a mess they come in and get their money it was and a smash and grab smash and grab smash and, and gra glass and grab and go right <laughs> and albeit i understand like you got to do what you got to do but at the same time, you got to understand, like, you are affecting other people and their ability to do business. And then you also affect those that are survivor creators. They're doing this strictly for survival. Right. There are no other options for them or that they know of. Therefore, they are here in this space simply to... Well, no, there could be some that, you know, uh, criminal history. Right. Criminal history. Um, deportee or someone who is could be deported. You know, there are people who... Really right. have no other means but other survival sex work. Right, I understand, but I'm just saying like, or, or that they know of, because mm -hmm. sometimes other. People oh no, I'm just explaining for yeah. the audience. Gotcha. So our audience understands that there are actually people that you know they have no other choice. Right. You know, there's no option for them to get immediate work right now, and if they didn't go out, and I'm not trying to say this to be funny, but if they didn't go out and suck this dick tonight, they're not going to be able to eat or even have a place to lay their head down tomorrow. Right, right, absolutely. So, alright, thank you, Baltimore Sinus. <laughs> I hope they're going to save the day. <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> hope you're part of the solution tonight. <laughs> right, 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 yes, yes. <laughs> But um, so, yeah, so wanted to just explain to the audience what, you know, they're really women, really, I won't even limit it to women. There are really individuals out there that don't have any other choice. Correct. You know, um, so you as you were saying, back to, you know, that you mentioned, we mentioned the smash and grab. We mentioned the con uh, the career content creators. We mentioned the people who do it for clout. And now we're talking about the survival. Right. And we the smash and grabs. Yeah, the smash and grabs. Um, but we're not talking about those because I feel like, you know, I don't really think that's something we need to, like, harp on. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the survival. Yes. The survivalists. The people that are here and deal with the judgment and deal with all of the negativity that comes with this business, whether it be from industry peers or whether it be from personal friends and family or just the general public. There's a lot of negative negativity that comes with this and when you're trying to survive it's like being a waitress and constantly being bantered mm -hmm. every time you go to work you know Th you're doing this job nobody wants to go in and make two you know two dollars and 13 cents an hour and hope to make tips <laughs> you know they're doing it because they have no other choice no other choice so this is what their options at this time are right so the same thing goes for s creators that are doing this to survive like and it, it's a, a rough space to be in when you know that your next meal depends on another individual's sexual gratification. Right. And what you're able to do. And, you know, it, it also creates the pressure to perform because yes. it affects, I'll even say in my own case, as secure as I am and as confident as I am. And as long as I've been in this business and realize there's ups and downs, there's times where it's popping and you make money almost effortlessly but then there's also times where it's super dead and nobody's spending any money and it can make you feel like you're not looking your best you're not feeling your best even though you're giving it your best mm -hmm. and so when you're doing it to survive knowing that your light bill might not get paid because someone isn't you know subscribing to your fan club or hasn't bought any clips or hasn't bought any video chat services or whatever it is that you sell like it can really 
add an extra layer of anxiety and frustration mm-hmm. and stress. Like, I don't even got time to sit here and be upset about some bullshit because I got to handle this immediately. Right. <laughs> right. You know, right. they don't have that luxury, you know, that people who people who don't have to survive on sex work don't have the uh, or I should say the people who survive on sex work don't have the luxury to deal with their feelings so because I can't you know that's an ego thing I may not be able to gratify you or but that's my job that's what I'm being paid here for but I don't even have time to deal with the fact that I may not even be able to do that for you and it causes me this old anxiety because I gotta keep sucking dick because I can't stop because I could be homeless. I could be homeless or, or hungry. Not, or hungry. So or somebody else. Maybe I'm taking care of somebody, somebody else, else and, and they'll yeah, be hungry, hungry and, homeless. and homeless. And people don't realize like it's a it's an endless cycle until they can work enough to get to a point where like a regular person where you got a savings where you have accumulated a nest egg and you can now like right try and then to make other moves. When you're in an environment when you're working with other peers who are visibly doing very well mm-hmm. and you yourself are not doing very well, right. it can also be an ego, an ego tanker. Yeah. Like you can Tank definitely feel like, wow. Like it, not to say that the person is less than you, but like when you're looking at your peer and you're like, Oh wow. They're making like, how was that pussy selling $500,000 a year? And you're like, dude, I could, I could just do, <laughs> I'd be happy with $5,000 a year. Like, right. It's, You're complaining about you had to pay taxes on all of this money. I right. wish I had the taxes. I was paid, you know, the percentage you were. So. Or you just spent a thousand dollars on new tires for your Range Rover. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have a nineteen ninety two Toyota Corolla that I'm living out of the back seat of. <laughs> trying to film content at a rest stop. <laughs> so would you say, you know, cause back in 2007 when you started 2005 2005 2007 was my first strap on apologies (laughs) let me get the timeline right 2005 your start yes what um we talked about the negatives and the positives and we talk about all these different types of content creators that there are now how do you think that has impacted the business and is it negative or is it positive? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think the negative aspect is that because we come from a time that's super old school, our train of thought, our think way of thinking is very old school. Um, as we've said, we tend to go about things a lot differently because that era for us we operated differently. Mm-hmm. Things now are a lot easier. We overcomplicate what should be a simple process. That's just true. And that's because we come from a time where it's like it wasn't a simple process. It wasn't a simple process. It's like the the equivalent of musicians who had mixtapes and mix CDs and had to sell them out of the back of their car versus now you just upload it to SoundCloud or YouTube mm-hmm. or put a TikTok out and your music can blow your, up. Your, movie, your song's viral. Right. That didn't happen back then. You had to submit your music to the radio stations. You had to 
literally submit your music to the producers and you had to go about things in a whole different manner Mm -hmm. and do the footwork which made you appreciate the process the same for us we understand what it's like to have a video camera where the film goes onto a tape (laughs) then you have to connect the fire wire to a computer and wait you know an hour and a half for the very large video which really isn't that large (laughs) in today's terms but Back then, it turned out to be a long video. Right. And then having to edit it was a pain in the ass because, right. you know, we again. We didn't have the tools that we, we have now. We didn't have the, the souped up computers like we have now. So the, the process was different. So we understand what it is to do the legwork. We mm-hmm. understand what it is to go about the process of being accepted in in all of the things that came with that era where we take those same hustle mentality, which is great because that's why we're able to still sustain today, but we overcomplicate a lot of the process that the new generation <laughs> tends to get pretty quickly. Would um, you say that they fail? Go ahead, what were you no, doing? go ahead. Would you say that the new generation is maybe missing a aspect that the old generation had to pave absolutely when we were around back 15 years ago there was no such thing as instant gratification it was you created the content there was a process in editing the content there was a process in how you release the content release the content and made it available to the public right. which was usually months months yeah that's true that's true it wasn't i filmed the clip and it's up within minutes right <laughs> where now you right. can film something and it can be live there right. was no such thing as live back right then. webcam is something that helps change the, that, right. the business right. which is what helped bridge the gap between being able to form uh, a producer film hardcore mainstream porn versus what we have now which is you know the whole um fan club era that's right so you hear that camely because I'm, I'm, I'm a i come from the webcam era i'm a webcammer and we help brew this <laughs> well it's just like with conventions back in the day there was not a whole lot of non-mainstream porn stars matter of fact there were no bbws there was if it wasn't like the actual mainstream pool of top talent you really didn't see them at the shows mm-hmm. It wasn't until um, myself and a few other companies that started bringing in a variety of talent and different genres and niches that you started seeing BBWs at the shows and you started seeing other gay and trans and all of these different genres were all being represented at the conventions. And that was also, you know, and then you started seeing webcam models, which then created this whole there was a time i know you remember when it was the porn stars versus the cam models Mm -hmm. because the porn stars didn't want to be instant talent Mm -hmm. they didn't want to be live they enjoyed being able to have that distance there there was a distance there was a time you couldn't just go on so like there was no social media so you couldn't just contact your favorite porn star there was remember there was fan clubs and you literally wrote a letter yes like Back when you had, like, if you were a fan of, oh, you joined their fan Debbie Gibson club. Yeah. or New Edition mm-hmm. or whoever, like, you wrote a letter, actual physical letter with a stamp, to the fan club, mm-hmm. and I love you so much. I come to you a million times a day. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I dreamt about you last night. I sent you my stinky drawers. <laughs> um, so you know, things changed obviously with with the internet. 
the whole industry took a change and then from there it evolved into the webcams and social media and then that is what opened up for the fan clubs because now you have the webcam models who aren't necessarily porn stars but are facilitating the same type of content to their to the fan base so now you want to provide a way for the fans to directly reach the webcam models without having to always be live right and i'm glad you said that word because we are gonna dig right into that with the next segment and we'll be back after this break Woo! did you digest all of that that was some ish (laughs) don't flush just yet there's more coming yeah there's more so I am so happy that you mentioned the word porn star. When we left off, that was one of the last things that you mentioned. And when I heard it, I was like, oh, I got a question. So now that we have all these changes, we talked about the pros and cons. We talked about the, uh, the launch of all of these platforms that have given these creators the freedom to have access directly to their audiences you know, it makes them pretty much limitless as to what they can accomplish. So now anyone can come off the street and just call themselves a porn star. And we know that that that's a term that is that is a earned earned and B also very thrown around very loosely, thrown around very loosely. And when you are in this industry and you hear that term or someone uses that term, you immediately, your ears perk up because you want, you're like, the name has to match that title because that title is something that's coveted. Right. You can't just, but because now, you know, this whole new age of the industry, anyone can just, boop, today I'm a porn star. It's a very conflicting conversation because a part of me says, if I do music, does that make me a musician? So the same thing qualifies if I do porn, does that make me a porn star? Well, at the same time, having been a veteran, been in the business, put in the work and realize what the true meaning of a porn star is. I do not consider myself a porn star. I feel like I dabbled in porn, but I don't feel like I'm a porn star. I feel like I'm a retired mattress actress. (laughs) (laughs) I dumb it down because I I like that term. I feel like a porn star has established work, consistent work. And I don't know, like the term their accolades yeah there's a lot of accolades that come with the term star like that's almost okay so here's an example oh you know what just popped in my head the weed helping movie star now you can't just come out and say you're a movie star right you're an actress you're an actress or You're an aspiring star. Right. A starlet. Right. <laughs> but you don't, that's one industry. You can't come out and be like, boom, I'm a star. That's it. I called it. I'm self-proclaimed. Well, it's the same thing in the music industry. Not in the music industry. You can't come in and say, boom, I'm the best rapper alive. I'm You can. Top that five. doesn't mean you are. It, it doesn't mean you are. And the, but that industry you can come in and say that in the mu- in the movie industry, in the motion picture industry, 
somebody, Sam L's nephew, second remove on his uncle's side, Peanut, he can't come on set and be like, boom, I am star. star. I'm Denzel reincarnated out this motherfucker. Can't do it. No. But this is an industry, these two industries that we talk about, music and adult content, you can actually come in and self-proclaim yourself this, create a little nice little kingdom. Or queendom. <laughs> or queendom. That's how I got queen of BBW. I self-proclaimed it. <laughs> but it's actually, you self-proclaimed it and manifested it. Right. That's the difference. Right. You, you know, someone coming in and just self-proclaiming it, boom, it is spoken to this shell. It is done. It shall be done. That's different. You can't do that. Right. Because people, what's going to happen to fans, be like, who are you? The other content creators going to clutch their imaginary pearls. Who are you? <laughs> <They're imaginary. laughs> I mean, they could have pearl necklace. <laughs> this is the business where you could have a pearl necklace no matter how much money you have. <laughs> Good point. Good point. But, yes. I mean, but if you ask the legends of music, they're going to tell you the same thing. They say that there are young, or not even young, just new artists that get on on scene. And just because they put out a couple of, you know, popular hits that all of a sudden they want to label themselves legendary or the first to ever do it or rap god or whatever. And it's but like, time tells with those people. Right. Like, But that's I think that's with all industries. The same thing with movie stars. Like, you could be... Will Smith's son, who's only done maybe five or six films, but yeah, but Jada still can't come in and say he's a movie star, right? <laughs> but Will Smith has done how many pictures? How many awards has now he he's won? He's a movie star, right? <coughs> so I, I mean, the word for me is yet very loosely thrown around. I think a lot of people use it to create clout. And to receive, and I think a lot of it is also because it makes them feel better about what they're doing if they present it in a way that makes them more famous than infamous. Famous, right, than what they really are. Let me ask you, now I'm not asking you, let me just tell this to you. I think you sell yourself a little bit short. Yeah, you self proclaimed yourself the queen of BBWs. And like I said, you manifested it. That's the difference. It's kind of like Janet Jackson when she came in. She deemed herself the queen or the or the queen of pop. Now, she may not have been the queen of pop when that happened, but ultimately, now who is Janet? The queen of pop. Same thing with Mary J. Bosch. The queen of R&B. The queen of a hip-hop R&B soul. Now, who is she? The queen of hip-hop R&B soul. So, I think there's a difference the re- I give those references because I really feel there's a difference between the creators, the artists, the independents who come into the space, self-proclaim it, put the work behind it, and manifest it and make it a reality than the motherfuckers who just come in and be like, boom, I'm Beyonce. I'm Beyonce. Beyonce is here. <laughs> I'm better than Rihanna and Beyonce. On their best days, I'm Beyonce. <laughs> right, but here's the thing. The people that do that, 
they need that clout. They need that attention. They need that affirmation. I don't need that. Mm-hmm. I don't want the awards. I don't need anyone to recognize anything that I've done. I know what I've done. Mm-hmm. And I know that other people that have been in the business know what I've done. And that for me is, is enough. I've helped people. And that was my goal for everything that I've ever done. That's always been my goal. So I don't, I don't care whether anyone sees me as a porn star or if they just see me as a porn actress or none of that matters to me. I know what my career has been. I know what my career is and I know where my career will be. So, you know, that's for those that need that shit. I don't need it. Okay. All right. Well, (laughs) (laughs) you're like, okay, come on. (laughs) Shut that down. She don't need that shit. You heard that right here. (laughs) I don't do it for that. Like I'm not here for the attention. I'm here. I've learned so much about myself. I've come to such a great place in my life. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have things on my resume now, video editor, photographer, marketing director, producer, you know, the the list goes on and on. Graphics designer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can do so many things now that I feel confident that if something was to happen and I couldn't be in the industry anymore, I would have that talent and those skills to take with me and do anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. And that looks to me that that's more fulfilling than being labeled a porn star because that's not going to pay me at the end of the day. It's like winning an award. Like, mm-hmm. just because you win an AVN of the year, what does that do for you? Nothing. They're not giving you cash flow money. Right. <laughs> Nobody's mm-hmm. paying you to be AVN of the year. It's just, mm-hmm. a, it's just a recognition from your peers. And, I mean, I will I will say it's nice to be recognized by your peers, but it's to me, at the end of the day, it's not necessary. Okay. I feel like my work speaks for itself, so... I would have to boldly agree with you. (laughs) Yeah. So. I got some questions for you. You know you're on the Pegging Point podcast. And we have some pegging questions for you. Oh, love. Okay. So, we're going to ask you a couple of questions. I'm sure our viewers want to know. Got to ask you. First question. Big, medium, or small dildos it depends on where it's going okay let's give you <laughs> a scenario laid out it's going we're, in the we're not putting the big one in the booty okay i do like anal you heard that here first i like medium sized in my in my butt or small preferably medium and not too thick <laughs> thick but not too thick and curved now for vaginal I don't mind it to be big, but not too big. Like Rambone, 14 and a half inches with like a five inch <laughs> diameter, not gonna work. No. I don't, I don't. You can't bust in the door with a four four. No. Listen, <laughs> if that shit is as long as my leg and weighs more than my leg, it cannot go inside my vagina. I'm not trying to feel it in my esophagus. Okay? It, it's called vagina sex for a reason. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Needs to stay in the vagina. So you said it's called vagina sex. <laughs> size queen i'm like no i mean i've I've had some really good sex from a small dick i've had some really good sex from a medium dick and i've had some really good sex from a big dick i've also had bad sex from a big dick i've had bad sex from a medium medium dick and i've had bad sex from a small dick so size does not always have to play a part if you if you have a little dick, you better come in. First of all, you better eat some pussy like a champ. <laughs> Secondly, you got to work it like you know your dick is small. And really try to do some damage. Like, 
figure it out. You hear that? I hope you're listening <laughs> out there. All of y'all that has been fans and wondering. These are questions that aren't in any other interviews. So you better be taking One notes. of my best sex partners had a small dick. Oh, see? see? Getting the tea on the peg point. Me. I was totally floored. <laughs> like, when we went to have sex. So it was somebody that I really, really liked. I was like 21. Mm-hmm. And I really liked him. Mm-hmm. And I, he was... In the military, had his shit us. together. Um, he was kind of chubby, totally outside of my normal type. I usually liked the thugs. He was not a thug at all. He had glasses, kind of chubby. Definitely different. But I really liked him. He was super nice, super good to me. And when it was time for us to get our groove on, I saw his dick and I was like, oh, God. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was slightly disappointed. But I really liked him. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I'm going to enjoy it. I told myself, I'm going to enjoy it because this is him. And first of all, his mouth game was on point. And then when he stuck it to me, like, he worked it. (laughs) And it reached places I never thought imaginable (laughs) because it didn't look that big. And I was shocked because... And then I I also think a lot of it had to do with the fact because I really was into him. Like, Mm -hmm. I liked him. But he had a little dick, so... Again, back to what I said in the beginning, when you really get to know somebody and you have that mental attraction with them, all the other things. And again, I'm not a science queen. Like, I'm not going into this expecting and not to say that that's to say because big dicks are not always better. See, that's what I'm trying to say. I can't even say it like I'm all tongue twisted. She does porn. She's done plenty of ir scenes and you would assume that she's a size queen and look what you just learned wow i'm not i'm really i also have a appreciation for all dick sizes when i say i like size all dick sizes and i have a love for everyone like uh, that's so genuinely true all right next question peggy or pegger I would have to say pegger. Okay. You prefer to be the one giving the dick. I do. All right. Give me high five on high that. Five. High, five. high five. All right. All right. All I right. just got a new strap on harness. Oh. It's it's dope. Ooh, ooh. See, I did not even know this. Then this is my best friend. And listen, <laughs> you live in the same house as me. How do you not know? No, I did. I ordered I ordered a whole uh, box full of new toys a couple months ago, and I got a new harness, which I'm shocked because it fits very well. It's elastic. And it even has like a self vibrator in the toy, so it's like when I'm thrusting, I'm getting vibration on my clit as well. So, wow, it's fucking dope. Yeah. So okay, all right, all right, we are learning. But I have to things. be careful because I squirt. <laughs> yeah, you make a mess. I do make a mess, so I have to be careful with that vibration because <laughs> if it rubs me too good, I forget that I'm thrusting and just. <laughs> 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 all right. That was, you You know, I'm taken back because I'm like, I, I thought you were going to say Peggy. Mm-mm. I really did. I enjoy both, though. I, I know, but I just, I really <laughs> you do thought know. you were going there. I was uh-uh. like, oh, I like right. being the pegger. I like, I like being in control of somebody else's pleasure. And have you ever pegged a man before? Oh, yeah, definitely. And do you prefer, or, well, no, let's not say prefer. Which was better, pegging a man or pegging a woman? Um, I would have to say 
they're both vastly different. They are. I would agree with you as a pegger. The man part, the only time is an issue is when they don't prepare beforehand. So you end up with a stinky mess. <laughs> and that's why you need to listen to episode two. <laughs> um, but you can get a girl with a... But I mean, I'm, I'm making sure the girl's nice and washed up. And now, like, after a couple of sessions that didn't go so well with men, I learned that pre-play... Uh, hygiene and a process needs to be done because it just it just changes the dynamic nothing is worse than trying to fuck somebody's ass and it smells like shit like that is just a buzzkill it would be the same as if you were getting your pussy fucked and somebody's shit like no this is not gonna work you see she's speaking to my soul so she knows the scars i I bear because (laughs) when a man submits and bends over and puckers his ass in the air and begs to have it penetrated. That is like the most, most powerful feeling. It is. Like you sorry shit. Preach. Now I'm not saying everybody who every man that gets pegged is a sorry shit, but I'm saying in a lot of the cases that I've dealt with, it has been a man that has probably been an asshole to women and very shitty. <laughs> not not always literally, but has, most likely you most been likely. Shitty. And it's nice to be in a position, and I think about where you're dishing it to them, right? Instead All of the women you've been a it. shithead to, now I get to fuck your ass. The tables have turned. The tables have turned, and now I have yes. the power to either either give you pleasure or I can give you pain. The power exchange, right. so, yes, is what you speak of, my friend. Yes, you the power are, exchange. So you are speaking my language. There's nothing that is more invigorating than knowing that I have that power in my pelvis (laughs) (laughs) and it's not the power from the pussy it's another power right and and it's oh it's you can't even explain it i love her she just articulating the feelings of my imaginary penis that i was born with From Amazon. From (laughs) Amazon.com. But with a woman, but again, I also have very different intimate experiences with women and men. Mm -hmm. I'm also bisexual. So Mm -hmm. I do enjoy having sexual relate or sexual uh, experiences with women, but it's far different than if I'm with a man. With Mm -hmm. a man, it is very physical. It's, um, I'm more aggressive with a woman. I'm more sensual. Uh, it's more touchy feely. It's not necessarily like for me being with a woman isn't even about eating a pussy. Mm-hmm. Like it's the touching, it's the kissing, it's the the intimacy. The intimacy that lacks very much when in, you're with a hetero uh, male. Correct. Yeah. Right. So the same thing with pegging. When I'm pegging a woman, like I'm thinking about her pleasure because it's not me taking out my aggression on a man. With a woman, I'm there to give her pleasure. I want her to be pleased. So and there's no question. So the reason, if you could, I wish we were recording video because as she's talking, I'm like having conniptions. I'm like, uh, 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 hands in the air, I'm waving. I'm like, I'm catching the Holy Ghost over here. <laughs> and the reason why is because... One of the things that I have always pointed out about the difference between pegging a male and pegging a female being a pegger is that when you peg a male, you are pegging them not in the sense to 
elicit their pleasure. You're pegging them in a sense to elicit a little bit of pain that in turn gives them pleasure. Whereas when you're pegging a female, you are totally, or at least me being a female, and that may have something to do with it, I am totally about giving that person pleasure and their pleasure. So when I'm pegging a male, it is not about their pleasure. It is more about me delivering my power and my and my pleasure is primary. When I'm pegging a female, their pleasure is primary and I'm not concerned about power. Right. And uh, she she's her. Oh, I can't even talk right now because what she said was able to elicit the words that just came out of my mouth. And I have been trying to articulate this for a moment. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I like being with women. Um, and it's not that I don't like being with men. I My pegging experiences have been on a DS level, Dom sub level. So I'm not saying I wouldn't. No, nah, I wouldn't do it personally. Like if my guy said I wanted to get pegged in the ass, mm-hmm. it would change things for me because then I, I, in my personal relationship, I need someone who's dominant and not fully dominant. I, I need someone who's not going to let me run over them, but not try to rule my world and mm-hmm. like dominate everything. Like I need to have some freedom and you want more conventional overtones in your right. relationship. Right. I can't be with someone who's going to be like a bitch. Mm-hmm. And then the <laughs> unconventional BDSM right. power exchange. I right. get you. I get you. Right. Because I'm dominant in my career dominatrix lifestyle, like, there's no submission. You want to relinquish that. And that's right. just, that, here's the thing. That's why people come to, to doms in the first place. Most of the people that come and submit to a dominant is because they're in a powerful position. Right. And they hold a lot of power and they're responsible for themselves and other people's livelihoods. Sometimes hundreds, sometimes thousands, sometimes tens of thousands. When we're talking about politicians and, you know, CEOs and people who run Fortune 500 companies. This is the reason why they come to a dominatrix in the first place or someone they can exchange their power out to and play to the bottom position because it frees them. It liberates them. So same thing with you in your in your romantic life, you know, you're able to be liberated from the dominance that you have to wear from day to day because it's part of your career. Correct. I love it. And I don't have to, I don't have to be sexy. I, in my situation currently, I don't have to be sexy. He doesn't want to see me in lingerie. He doesn't want to see me get all full face of makeup. Matter of fact, he would rather see me bare, natural, excuse me wearing just a tank top and some shorts like I don't have to do the whole sexy act like just me being myself is sexy and that is a huge uh lift off of my shoulders because when I'm in my porn persona I'm expected to be sexy I'm expected to be worried about your cock and not worried about my own pleasure and it's just it's a very you know in my situation it's very very uh fulfilling to get that reciprocated mm-hmm. attention. Mm-hmm. So, and it helps because when I do the dominant stuff and I am in a situation, well, I haven't pegged, you know, personally in a very long time, but when I was doing the pegging, you know, it takes a lot out of you. There's a lot of energy that goes into yes. 
the event, the act itself. Well, experiencing that type of power, it's the way that I like to explain it. It's like, imagine yourself being connected to a major power source. And as if you put your hands on that power source and all of a sudden you go from just 10 watts of energy, now you have thousands of watts of energy pumping into your body. And it's a great feeling. It's super exhilarating. And you you get into this zone of absolute, like I can't even explain it. It's almost like a high, like an orgasm. But when you have all that energy flowing through your body and you not only physically exert that into someone Mm -hmm. and you're exchanging you're also i'm an empath Mm -hmm. so i'm pulling in all of this energy as well so not only do i have the power (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, coming through me but now i've got their energy flowing through me and it's like after that's all said and done it's super exhausting it is because then you have to step back into reality and back into your normal day-to-day life mm-hmm. and deal with the fact that, you know, you just absorbed all of this energy and you had all this flowing through you. And it's like trying to explain it, especially explain it to people who, that have never been in that situation. They don't get it. They don't right. understand. It's like it's like the somebody who's a, a high like a, a skydive skydiver Mm -hmm. and they jump out of an airplane like you and I will never understand what that feels like until we actually do it because we've never done it Mm -hmm. but if you listen to someone who does it and they tell you what it's like to be at the edge of the plane and look out at you know hundreds of thousands of feet below you knowing that the only thing that's going to save you is this this (laughs) parachute that you have to properly let go at the exact right time you know that feeling of freedom I don't, I can't, I can't understand it. I can only imagine what it feels like. So yeah, it's very exhausting. Yes. But it's great. It's, it's a, it's a great feeling. Like it's, it's like a roller coaster. Like it may not last forever, but the two minutes that you're on it, it feels amazing. So the things that she was talking about, we call the first one is we call that dom space or a top or a dom space or top, a dom high or dom space uh dom high is what we call that dom space top high dom oh my goodness let me get this right okay so when you're in the moment when you're in the moment it's that's the dom space that's the dom space when you're feeling all that energy that's the dom that's that top high that dom high that that top space that that's that's what we call that top space yes and then that exhausting feeling when you're done and you're just like that's what we call a dom drop. So you've now, all that right. energy is just dropped out of you and you feel that drop. And it's physical, it's emotional, it's mental. It's the it's, same thing with like porn. Yes. Because you go into it, you have that anxiety, the performance anxiety, and you're like really, you're ready to perform. And then you go in and you do the scene and you're giving it your all. And then when it's all said and done and cut, that's a wrap. It's like, <sighs> <laughs> So, but yes. it's not the same type of oh, that you think like from a really good sex session. Like it's it's a different kind of yeah, a different type of release. Yeah, different type of release. So so that is why I wanted to explain to you guys because she's articulating things that we actually have names for, and you guys may not know it. And I wanted to make sure that you got that knowledge because that's why you here. You here to learn. So this has been. A wonderful, enlightening... She's sitting here thinking she should have had me on her podcast a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sitting here thinking, like, she should have fucked a whole bunch of asses with me. (laughs)
My life took a change. I'm a reformed pegger now. <laughs> I'm only pegging pussies. <laughs> so we, this is actually the first interview. I think it was a great, great, it was impromptu, not scheduled, no questions written. We were literally having a fucking conversation and I was the, like, turn it on. Yes, she did. She was like, nah, we'll wait till the elements of the outdoors aren't, nah, just turn it on. Like, if we're in the moment, let's do it. We'll wait till we get inside and we can set up the studio and the mic. Nope, let's do it. So, here we are. Here we are. And it turned out wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you guys for for listening. To do this. And thank you for speaking so eloquently and sharing all your wonderful knowledge. Um, Share your platforms. Where can people find you? Uh, predominantly on Twitter, since that's where I can cut loose and be myself at Platinum P U Z Z Y and the number one, and the same thing on Instagram. Although I'm a lot less on there than I am on Twitter, so you can find me there, and you can always find me on QueenOfBBW.com, and that's it. Okay, do you want to drop your OnlyFans or anything nope. like that? Oh, she said, <laughs> nope. Heard that with the quickness. I will be heading to another platform very soon, so we won't promo that. Okay, okay, okay. I hear that. So thank you again for doing this. I really appreciate it. I know the fans appreciate it. It's always nice to have another voice in perspective about our favorite subject matter, pegging. And this is another episode of the Pegging Point Podcast. Wait. You forgot to tell them they could see you in Chicago next week at Exotica at your seminar. Oh, this ain't going to be ready for Exotica. Oh, man. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. She's like, damn it. Now she put fire under my feet. <laughs> <laughs> if there wasn't fire before, it's there now. Yo, she just lit an atomic bomb and it's like about to self-destruct in five, four, three, three two. two. All right, this is your girl. Oh! oh! that better you couldn't plan that better oh we got to see the fireworks that's so cool as we counted down it was on time right and the universe is uh the universe is telling us that this podcast is over that was a sign okay bye (laughs) see y'all later peace and this is your girl pegan the stallion make sure you check me out we'll see you in the next episode Pegan's pointers and these are my sexual healing tips the tips that are going to promote sexual wellness for you and your partner tips such as pre-pegging activities aftercare and just overall well-being self-care gotta love it are you ready This week's Pagan's Pointer is, drumroll please, stretching. I can't tell you how many times I've pulled a muscle, gotten a Charlie horse, thrown my back out, all kinds of muscle aches, pains, and sores. sore tendons, sore muscles, sore joints, and all of that could have been avoided had I done the proper stretching before I stuck my dick in somebody. (laughs) So I have to tell you, 
take the time before each session, at least five to seven minutes to stretch your lower body and your lower back because that is the most impacted area when you're fucking, at least when you're pegging. And from a pegger's perspective, one who has been a fucky their entire life, you are now using new muscles, muscles that you have not used in the act of sex before. And using those muscles, your body's going to let you know, hey, you haven't used this before, not this way. So, I can't stress enough how important it is for me to stretch before each pegging session and afterwards. And I'm going to tell you, it has definitely caused a great improvement in my overall well-being. I'm less sore, I'm less aggy, achy, I'm less, you know... I'm less tired as well because when I stretch, I'm waking up those muscles like, hey, wake up. I'm about to use you. I'm about to use you. So stretch, 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 stretch your legs, stretch your lower body, stretch your lower back. And that's this week's Pegan Pointer. Hey, you. Are you enjoying the podcast? Do you want to know, hear, and see more of your girl Pegan's world? Then come check me out. Twitter and IG at Pegstress, P-E-G-S-T-R-E-S-S. YouTube, you can see me there. Pegstress, two words. Or check my website, Pegstress.com. If you have a question, want a tip, or even seeking advice, Message me, Pegging Point Podcast at Gmail. Now, don't forget to follow, like, and share this podcast with your friends, with everybody, with the world. We want everybody down with PPP. You hear me? <laughs> this is your girl, Pegging, and I'm out. See ya on the next episode.